Welcome to the Christian Life Church Podcast. We hope that you enjoy and are encouraged by this week's message. And if so, we would love for you to visit clcwinnipeg.ca to get further connected with our ministry, to submit a prayer request, or to find out how you can take the next step in your relationship with Jesus Christ. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Christian Life Church Winnipeg. And we pray that you would be blessed through the message you're about to hear. We're going to look at Malachi chapter 3, verse 8 to 12, and I want to read it to you this morning. Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings, you are under a curse, your whole nation, because you're robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. And so we see, we see God speaking to us here today about robbery in quite a different context than going and robbing a bank. And I think it's important for us to understand the context of this passage of Scripture. Israel, under the Old Testament law, uh, was required to pay a tenth, to pay a tithe, of all their produce, their, their flocks, their herds, their increase. And there was a clear recognition that this one-tenth, this tithe, belonged to the Lord God. And it was required that it would be offered to him. Now, the tithe was assigned to the Levite priests to enable them to minister unto the Lord and to be the spiritual leaders of Israel, to perform the sacrifices and um, the various ceremonies that God required of them. And it was really clear that without the material provision of the people toward the priests, that they would be unable to carry on their spiritual service for the nation. Literally, God would be cut out of the picture. And so you can understand that God would be pretty clear about them not robbing him of what was rightfully his. And so that's the overall context of this particular scripture. And and these are very strong words that were not just a mere suggestion by God, but very strong words from Almighty God. So... When the people were not tithing, according to this passage of Scripture, uh, they were really robbing God. Uh, Recently, in the last week and a half, two weeks, there there was a a meeting here in Winnipeg between the retailers and law enforcement about the rash of theft. And if you've been following the news, you, you have seen the boldness and the brazenness of these thieves literally going into grocery stores with backpacks and standing at meat counters and just loading them up uh, with meat. The, the um, employees have been told not to approach the thieves, and they've literally been just walking out of the store 
sometimes with hundreds of dollars of, of, of food. Uh, you've heard about the rash of liquor store uh, robberies as well, and the brazen way that they've been functioning, the assaults on employees, and, and uh, it's, it's just turned bad. And so there's obviously been great concern in our city, and certainly among our retailers about robbery, and this can literally sink businesses. For a small business owner, it can literally bankrupt them. So nobody wants to be robbed. We would avoid it, do what we could to prevent it, and protect ourselves against it no matter what. If you're in a home and you're afraid of it being robbed, you're likely going to have an alarm system and bars on the windows and locked doors and everything else you can to prevent being robbed. It's interesting when, when we have such an aversion to robbery and to be stolen from that we see in this passage of Scripture that God is speaking very clearly to the people of Israel that they were literally robbing him, taking from him. And, and in many cases, it was a very brazen crime in his eyes that they would be robbing the tithe and the offering from him. And so he has very strong words about it. Which brings us to our next point, and that is that uh, uh, if it belongs to God, give it back. So we look at verse 10, and the Bible says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and test me in this, says the Lord, and see if I'll not throw open the, the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there won't be room enough to store it. Now some would say, some would argue, that tithing was an Old Testament principle, that it was part of the uh, Mosaic law, and that it's not required today. And they would say that, uh, I've actually read that some have said that, you know, churches have abused this uh, to control people or force them to give and, and all kinds of negativity. Now, it's interesting to note that when you look in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 11, there is a story there that took place before the giving of the law. And it was a, an interaction between a high priest by the name of Melchizedek and Abraham. And it says in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 1 and 2, then this Melchizedek was king of Salem and priest of God most high. And he met Abraham, returning from the defeat of the kings, and blessed him. And Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. And so even back then, we see this man of God giving a tithe, giving a tenth to the priest of God. And that was established long before the giving of the law that Moses gave in the Old Testament. So we're going to be looking this morning at several passages of Scripture, and we find that, that the Bible encourages generosity. The Bible has many, many uh, positive words and messages when it comes to, to us that it would encourage our generosity and, and really uh, speaks poorly of those who would be stingy in life. The Bible also 
encourages sacrifice and uh, really esteems this whole aspect of us uh, being living sacrifices. And I think that that can be in, in many of our areas of life and our service to God and I think also in providing for the Lord's work. And then we also see that the Bible encourages faithfulness. And you can take your Bibles and turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 to 12. And this is now a New Testament passage of Scripture. Jesus has come, he's died, he's been resurrected, ascended to heaven. And so we have this New Testament passage of Scripture. All of the Old Testament laws have been fulfilled. And what does it say about generosity? What does it say about sacrifice and giving? Well, here's what the Bible says. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. I do remember being... uh, seeing fields when we lived in the prairies where the cedar would would maybe miss a patch of ground and there would be very little harvest there, very few grains of wheat would ever be reaped from those, those parts of the field because somehow the cedar malfunctioned and where the seed went into the ground, you saw lots of crop. And so that principle, obviously, is applied here, and this uh, agricultural term is, is given as it talks about sowing and reaping. Each of you should give what you decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to bless you abundantly. So that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work as it is written. They have freely scattered their gifts to the poor, and their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness, and you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion, and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. So I'm not going to go into a prosperity doctrine teaching here, and that if you sow into Shauna's ministry, God's going to pour a hundred times back into your lap and you're going to prosper. Or if you send your check to this TV minister or that TV minister, that somehow God's going to just make you rich and wealthy. Let's let God's word speak for itself and allow the Holy Spirit to to, uh, impress upon us what the Lord is saying to us through his word today. And I think there are some valuable principles here that we give not under compulsion, but God loves a cheerful giver. Uh, Generosity is obviously encouraged. Sowing and reaping, there are some principles there in giving to God. And so in the Old Testament, there was this this tithe that was established, and, and it was meant for the temple to be provided for, for God's work to be done. 
And today we have God's work continuing, empowered by the Holy Spirit, but provided for by the people of God. And the results of that are salvation. We heard a story of that already this morning as as the people of God so into the work of God last night. Somehow, miraculously, by the power of the Holy Spirit, God takes the giving of, of his people and it results in the conversion of a young lady. We hear a story today of missionaries going to a, a closed country and through the giving, through the provision of God's people in many different churches across this province and other places. Somehow, God turns that into spiritual work and there will be children who are given a new, new life and a new hope and encouragement and many will come to know the Lord. And so, we see spiritual blessings emerging from the generosity of God's people. And generosity is encouraged. We think of those who have a gift of giving, and we've talked about the various spiritual gifts that we have in this church, and there are those who have a gift of giving. And It says if it is to encourage, speaking of our gifts, then give encouragement. And for those who have a gift of giving, then give generously. So generosity is encouraged. We think of Psalm 112, verse 5, and it says, there are always, They are always generous and lend freely, and their children, and, and, and who conduct their affairs with justice. Good will come to those who are generous and lend freely, who conduct their affairs with justice. It goes on to say, they are always generous and lend freely, and their children will be blessed. And so we find as we look at these passages of Scripture that God encourages our generosity and and he also promises to bless us. And as we look at Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, it says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. And see if I'll not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there won't be room enough for us to store it. And so the promise of blessing seems to be consistent throughout the word of God, both Old and New Testament. I don't believe that the promises of God and the blessings of God have been lifted. I don't believe it at all. Number three, generous obedience and bountiful blessings. The promise of God's to God's people was provision, protection, and blessing as we look at Malachi chapter 3. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord Almighty. There seems to be provision, protection, and blessing. And so we see God moving from this place of um, rebuke, saying to the people, his people, that if you're not paying your tithe, you're robbing me, it belongs to me. We see him pronouncing that there would be curses upon them. And then he moves on to test me in this and see if I'll not pour out so much blessing, you won't be able to contain it. But then he ends with the 
the wonderful promises of blessing and, and provision and protection. And it is true, it is true that there are wonderful blessings that the generous enjoy. There is a, an incredible joy and blessing in, in being generous with God and with others. There's a joy that we experience in giving uh, that those who are stingy would never get to experience. I personally find that, that giving is, is fun. It's enjoyable. It's delightful. And, and there's this sense of wondering, well, what's God going to do through this? And being able to stand back and see the Lord work. There's a joy in giving. And these promises are summed up in verses 11 and 12. We find that, that God commends and encourages giving throughout the scriptures. He encourages generous living. We think about what, what Christ has done for us on the cross. How Jesus took upon himself our sin. How he gave everything he had to give. How he died for us. How he provided our salvation. How he provided for our forgiveness. How he has freed us from guilt, punishment, death, shame. We think of how we come to the Lord and how we pray for healing and, and how he delivers people. And there's nothing that we could ever do to repay. We're just loved by God. We are cherished by God. And Matthew chapter 6, verse 21 says, For where your treasure is there will your heart be also. And I want to close the message with these words. Our giving is, is a reflection of what our heart treasures. Our giving is not based on guilt. It's not based on laws. It's not based on obligation. Our giving to God flows out of a heart that's eternally, eternally grateful for Jesus. Our giving flows out of a heart that, that beats with a, a love for the Lord. Our giving flows out of a heart that is full because Jesus filled our hearts and took away the emptiness and the sin and the shame and the guilt. Our giving comes out of a heart that is passionately in, in embracing and loving Jesus who gave us all things, who gave us everything. And so as we consider giving and as you're working through this uh, in day 29 in your 40 days of prayer booklet, and we included giving because the whole aspect of being a disciple of Jesus is that we offer ourselves fully to Jesus, that we're not holding back on Jesus. And giving is one of the areas that just as fasting uh, is, is a surrender to the Lord, giving, 
can be a form of surrender to the Lord where we say, I'll give you everything, Lord, but I'm not going to give my finances or my, uh, my source. I'm not going to give that. That's not what a disciple of Jesus says. We say, Lord, it's, it's all yours. It's all yours. It all belongs to you. And I give because I love you. Let's bow in a word of prayer, shall we? And so, Father, we come to you this morning, and we thank you for Jesus. Oh, we thank you for Jesus who, who loves us, who gave his all, who withheld nothing from us. And, Lord, as we think of this aspect of, of giving, we thank you, Lord, that you promise blessings and you encourage generosity. And we thank you, Heavenly Father, that we can give the tangible so that the spiritual can be done. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that oftentimes our, our giving results in thanksgiving to God. And sometimes our giving allows people to experience God in a way that we could never imagine. We thank you, Lord, for the blessing of being able to give. And Lord, we thank you for your provision. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for the way you look after your people, for the way that you care for us. And there are many here today who have some very deep needs. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would provide for them, that you would meet them. And Lord, in many cases, some people need miracles. And Lord, we pray that they would experience those miracles. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen.